Hello, it's Tuesday the 12th of December. I'm Alex von Tunzelman and my Christmas photo is even creepier than the royal family's. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review. Every weekday we sort and organise hundreds of fragments of breaking news, hoping to reconstruct for you an immaculate Ming vase of meaning. Who broke the news in the first place? Well, that's the question. We're out five days a week for your listening joy. Why not help us out by joining the Papercuts Supporters Club? Just visit back.papercutsshow.com, that's B-A-C-K dot papercutsshow, two S's in the middle there, dot com, to find out how. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Torture cabinet. Rishi Sunak faces yet another bad day with rebellions from both sides of his party. And why does he have so many phones? Good nukes, everyone. Barbenheimer reunites for the Golden Globes. But will either of these bitter movie rivals claim the Oscar? And fucking Nora. There's a lot more swearing on the telly than there used to be. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we're all works of art. I'm Alex von Tanzelman, and joining me on the show is journalist, satirist and laughing cavalier Rob Hutton. Hi, Rob. Hello there. Also joining me is comedian and girl with a pearl earring, Fergus Craig. Hi, guys. <laughs> so what's on the front pages today, Rob? Um, I'm going to telegraph. Ben Wallace, do not let Rwanda Rao bring down government. Alternative, alternative take, I'd just like to offer, it would now be a mercy to bring the government down. <laughs> let the Rwanda Rao bring the government down. Put us all out of our misery. I mean, really, um, they'd be a lot happier. And there's a picture Also, as there well. is a lovely picture of um, royal children monkeying around, it says here, um, uh, doing something at a baby gifting centre. There's a lot of royal kids' pictures in the papers at the moment. I feel I do feel like there's some kind of thing happening where they're sort of trying to introduce the next generation to us. Right. Um, yes, they're wholesome, they're wholesome, um, wholesome kids in wholesome jumpers. I, I think I had a jumper like this in the 1980s and indeed that haircut in the 1980s. Pretty nice look. Pretty yeah. nice look on one of the one of the royal children there. Yeah. So they're being wheeled out presumably because the royal family would quite like us to forget about the whole Harry Meghan debacle. I assume so, yes. I mean, all of this royal sort of image-making thing is a bit of a mystery to me, but I do just feel like I'm seeing pictures of these people everywhere all the time. Them being photographed as children worked out fine for them, so... Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let the cycle never, continue. Never did me any harm, <laughs> says man not speaking to his brother who lives on the other side of the world. Yes. yes. Great, great. Well, that's a, that's a cheery start. How about what else uh, have right, we got? So, um, actually, okay, The Times has got another picture of children, which I've got to say, I am a sucker for pictures of military people being greeted by their children after long periods away. And it's got a lovely picture of the captain of HMS Prince of Wales getting back to Portsmouth and being greeted by his sons. And that made me smile. More seriously, right-wing rebellion threatens Rwanda Bill. Try mm-hmm. saying that after an Jonathan eggnog. Ross. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, across the top, um, Netanyahu condemns Putin for demanding Gaza ceasefire. Um, and The Guardian, um, climate draft condemned as weak and insufficient. Pretty bad this time, isn't it, though? Like, I mean, I, there does seem to be a kind of increasing sense of disappointment. Yes, in those I, amazingly, holding it in an oil-rich state has not led to people thinking that they should use less oil. Oh, dear. Well, OK, that's unfortunate. Fergus, what have we got in the tabloids? Uh, I've got the Daily Mirror, which has a report uh, suggests that there's a, a shocking divide that exists in cancer death rates across England. Uh, the headline is The Life and Death Divide. 
Uh, and there's also a picture of uh, Sam, the guy who won the jungle this year. Do Tell us about him? Sam. Uh, oh, well, it says here, <laughs> a, a quote from him, I dream of being the new Anton... Oh, I had misread that. It says, I dream of being the new Ant or Deck. <laughs> I, I thought it had said, I dream of being the new Ant and Deck, which were, I would suggest is a lot of ambition for one man. <laughs> uh, I've got The Sun, which... Uh, has a story about uh, Tyson Fury and his father, John. Apparently, they owe uh, Cheshire Council £82,000. I mean, yet another nothing story from the sun is this, is, is this a local paper? No, this is uh, Britain's leading newspaper. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> uh, Fury versus Cheshire Council. Right. Yeah. They're still really trying to avoid those political stories, aren't they? It looks like it. Uh, and I've got the Daily Mail, which uh, has uh, the story about the Rwanda vote, which is happening today, down to the wire, because uh, that's going to be close, I guess. And uh, they've also, also got a picture from a fashion show which uh, took place in Tel Aviv yesterday with some of uh, the victims or relatives of the victims from the uh, attacks on October the 7th uh, with some uh, very striking and shocking outfits sort of representing what happened. Yes, they're quite extraordinary pictures, aren't they? And there's more of them inside. I think it's quite a sort of bold move from the mail to put that on the front page and uh, report on it. Yeah, it's a very sort of arresting image. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, the Daily Star uh, has a story on Christmas parties. It's most cringiest time of the year. <laughs> They've missed most out the, cringiest. It, there should be it a should the. Be, it's the most cringiest time yeah, of, maybe that, of the year. But then, then the headline would have run over the face of the person uh, in the picture you see. So right. this is what happens. Yeah. Apparently 40% of us will have sleepless nights over what we did at the Christmas do. We've had our Christmas do. We had our do. What did, what did you do? I think I left unscathed. Yeah. Yes, That's... I was fine. I didn't have a sleepless night. In fact, I think I slept rather thoroughly. How right. about you, Rob? No, I think I got away with it. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> well, none of us remember, so it's absolutely fine. Now, it's yet another rough day for the PM. Today, he held an emergency breakfast at number 10. This wasn't my kind of emergency breakfast. I forgot my Weetabix, so I had to get a pretzel from Tesco on the way into paper cuts this morning. But something even less digestible. Rishi Sunak invited rebel right-wingers known as the New Conservatives to Downing Street to try to persuade them to vote for his Rwanda bill. But if he makes too many concessions to them, he'll lose the One Nation Conservatives on the other side and possibly lose the support of the government of Rwanda as well. Rob, I'm not sure I'd have a bit of a pickle for breakfast, but the Prime Minister has found himself in one. Is it an entire, entirely self-made mess? And just it's basically it's Tories who think that the thing that won them the election in uh, 2019 was being a hot mess all over the airwaves every day for a year. And they feel that that's how they need to get back in the polls to sort of recreate that sense that you can't move for Marc Francois telling you what his dad did during the war. <laughs> I, it, oh, I, I'm honestly, um, it, 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 it's dreadful and stupid. Right. OK, thank you for that summary. I mean, there's some quite extraordinary quotes in The Guardian's story about it. It said, uh, by Monday night, the five most prominent groups of right wing MPs 
dubbed the Five Families, had not yet announced which way they intended to vote on Tuesday. The Five Families. How many rebel Tory MPs are there? This sounds like millions. I think, well, there, there's there's an interesting question of Venn intersection, but apparently the ERG is not the force it used to be. Um, and now it's it's with the new Conservatives. And I, don't ask me to name the five families. All I know is that <laughs> one hour into the film, Joe Mantegna massacres them all. Yes. So you don't oh have dear. to you don't have to remember who they are. Right. Well, perhaps Fergus is that um, coming because one of them asked whether uh, he'd be willing to trigger a leadership crisis by rebelling en masse. Added, we don't want him to go, but if Rishi wants to hold a gun to his own head over this, that's his decision. The rhetoric is all... They all think they're in a Jason Statham film, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) That is very much their viewing level. (laughs) But the idea... They say, well, like, politics is... Fast and furious by other means. Well, that we, yeah. What is it? What's the show quote? business for ugly people? Show business for ugly people. Yes, that's mm. right. it's, like, it's action films for nerds. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were lots of quotes like that. There was another quote in the Guardian about oh, Rishi's we, something about whether he's going to be replaced and like I didn't really understand. We we've opened the whiskey bottle and the paracetamols on the bedside table or something. It's like. God, that's a bit dark. Oh, calm down. It's like, <laughs> you're all about to go into Parliament and vote on a second reading of a bill. It's not... You're not in the Bronx. <laughs> but meanwhile, Sunak has had another day of testifying to the COVID inquiry. Uh, Rishi's famous flagship eat-out-to-help-out scheme. What do we learn about that? Um, sadly, we didn't get into how they choose the, chose the magnificent name. Uh, this was the afternoon session, and this was actually when we got my favourite political character, Snippy Rishi. Um, the grumpy, tetchy prime minister who's just sick of you and all your stupid questions. And there was lots of how did this policy come to be conceived uh, without any intervention from um, the scientists. And I mean, there's different takes on this because uh, Tom Beck in The Times in his sketch is saying actually this was when he he was the Prime Minister was at his most impressive because he was robustly defending the policy, saying, look, if it, if you've decided it's OK to, for people to go to restaurants, what's the problem with me trying to make sure that those restaurants are as full as they ought to be within the limits? Other views are available. Uh, he certainly, there were moments where he looked uncomfortable because the bottom line is they didn't tell anyone about this policy because it was a policy that was designed to make Rishi look popular. That's why it had his signature on it and everything. And it was Rishi's dinners. And the last thing he wanted was the potential leadership rivals to know about it. And then nobody complained. He's, he's, his whole thing was, well, why didn't people complain afterwards? And it's like, you don't, if you're a government scientist, you don't complain about the flagship policy of the government. That's just not how it works. If it weren't for me, there'd be no Wagamama. <laughs> <laughs> that was essentially, yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's six hours of testimony in one sentence. We learned quite a lot about his phone habits, didn't we, Fergus? What's going on there? Yeah, uh, surprise, surprise. He, he's been unable to provide uh, all of his WhatsApp messages from uh, key periods during COVID. One of his excuses is that he's had a lot of phones since then. My theory is, I read a thing once about David Beckham. Apparently, he wears a new pair of trainers every single day right. because he likes box fresh uh, trainers. Right, okay. Right. Yeah. And I'm guessing when you get as rich as Rishi Sunak, maybe you just have a new phone every day. You love the feel of a new well, phone. Well, he maybe just, just doesn't know about charging them. Maybe he just, yeah. he just <laughs> thinks, so you know. So run out. Oh, God. It's, it's just it's just stopped working. Can we get get, a new, get another one? Get another box down. Yeah. Margaret, but- I need a new phone. <laughs> <laughs> This one's broken. <laughs> Rob, might this explain why Rishi Sunak doesn't respond to your WhatsApp messages? Well, he said 
that he doesn't use WhatsApp very much, and he's changed his phone multiple times, and that's why he doesn't have any of his any of his messages. I, I have to say because I used to be in um, occasional WhatsApp contact with Rishi Sunak in previous years. That, before he got into politics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, before he was a successor, he is now. The, the last message that I sent him is on 13th of February 2020, and it says, are you now the Chancellor? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. <laughs> which this was a surprise at the time. And he did read it. But the last time I can find him replying to me, God scrolls up, is uh, 2017. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, last last used um, on Sunday morning. Uh, just let's just 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 text him now. Um, are you still prime minister? <laughs> Question a... mark. Right, we'll let you all know by the end of the show. Right. Okay, well, let's go on. Put in some emojis. <laughs> <laughs> let's do some emojis. <laughs> Which one do you think? I don't, the poo? I'm not sure he's an emoji. He's not very technical, we've mm. established, for a tech bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let you all know later in the show whether Rishi's still Prime Minister. Now, awards season is beginning, so we have the return of the terrifying two-headed juggernaut that was Barbenheimer. The films Barbie and Oppenheimer dominated the box office this summer, and now they're both up for a bunch of awards. We have the Golden Globe nominations. Fergus, how's this doing? Yes, the Golden Globe nominations are out. Barbie has received nine nominations. Oppenheimer received eight Um in the Golden Globes, they have two different categories, don't they? They've got Best Motion Picture Drama and then they have Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy. Yes. Which they don't have in the Oscars. It annoys me a lot the fact that uh, comedies never get nominated for Oscars. Is it because you would write a comedy and you'd like an Oscar? Yeah, sure. I mean, if, if, you, if you're offering one, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but the... Um, in the, the comedy or musical this year, one of the films that's nominated for best comedy is May December. Have you seen that? No, not it, yet. It's no. just out on streaming. May December. I watched it this weekend, and let's just say yesterday I was stunned to learn that that is a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's a is bit it, dark, isn't it? It's <laughs> not a comedy. They, they, things now because they never they never make any comedies, and they only want to give awards to earnest things. So the, anything that has a moment of lightness in it will be called a comedy. Right. Is this a comedy in the Shakespearean sense that people aren't all dead at the end? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, Can't maybe. Yeah. 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 It, it irritates me so much how things will declare themselves comedies just because they've got a couple of funny moments in it. Like Schindler's List has moments of lightness in it. I would suggest it's not a comedy. I mean, no. Um, so dragging us back to the behemoth... <laughs> Of Oppenheimer and Barbie, though. Yeah. Did we see both, Fergus? Did you see both? I saw both. Yeah, I saw both. What were both your feelings? Fine. Just, <laughs> like, I would suggest, I, I don't think anyone will watch Oppenheimer more than twice. I would be amazing if you could get through it twice. Yeah. I actually, the thing is, I could watch a three-hour film about the Manhattan Project where they just do discuss the physics and... Uh, you just have um, General Groves trying to build Los Alamos. With this, 
I am in complete agreement with Dominic Cummings. Actually, that I just think, <laughs> I just think all of that, all of that stuff is is absolutely fascinating to me. But did but, he like Barbie, Dominic Cummings? I he, we haven't discussed it. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you will have enjoyed the middle section. I mean, Oppenheimer's three films basically, isn't yeah. it? And the middle one is about that, which is yes. the best bit. Yeah, but I would have liked all of that. I just like just three that three bit. hours of that. Can t- I can take or leave the other stuff, Frank? Yeah. Well, it- Killian Murphy is a friend of a friend. And a few years ago, Tell him I said hi. I will do through my <laughs> through my friend. Yeah. And uh, a few years ago, he told my friend he gave him some audition advice. Uh, I think you should do in auditions to get work. And my friend told me that, and I thought, well, Killian Murphy, he gets loads of work. I should follow that advice. And it never. It took me years for it to occur to me. No, Killian Murphy looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> He's not getting all. Yeah, he's not getting all this work because he's doing these particular things. He's doing, getting it because he's Killian Murphy. <laughs> he's got a face like an extraordinary sculpture. Yes. Now, according to the BBC this morning, the clothing company Zara has said it regrets a misunderstanding about an ad campaign which has been criticised for using photos apparently resembling images from the Israel Gaza war. Rob, uh, what's going on here? What are these images? It's a picture. I mean, deep, deep sigh rolls eyes. Zara, Zara is not the first fashion company in history to have pictures of uh, their model in what they're calling a distressed situation or something. I mean, it, it's supposed to be. I think the original concept was that she's in a sculptor's studio or something, and there's half there's a boxes behind her, and you know, half constructed statues. I don't. I, it does not. It's it's not like she's in a war zone. It's just not. And without wanting to be all sort of Sir Tufton Bufton about this, there's there's a thing here, which is the outrage economy of just people deciding to get upset about things. So there's lots of really good stuff to get upset about that's happening in the Middle East that genuinely upsetting. A fashion company having a, a, a shoot is, you know, the, not in the Middle East before things had kicked off in the Middle East. The, because, you know, they don't do... You know, you don't do big fashion Christmas fashion campaigns. All of that stuff is done months ago. There's just mm. the reality of it. And and it's like Marks and Spencer's sort of apologizing because some people thought that they were burning the Palestinian flag, which obviously they weren't because it's not even the right colours. And it, it's just sort of I you long for a company to just go on social media and say, Oh, everybody, just get lost. It's like an outrage that's born out of a an idea that you're defending other people but really it's like a really individualistic thing about like this this huge campaign has to be about what's in my head yeah it's like the uh, uh in zoolander the uh, derelict campaign <laughs> you yes, remember that i do very well but yeah i mean i think that's really been done by fashion companies on a number of occasions Now, at Paper Cuts, we appreciate the fine art of headline writing. What do we have in the papers today, Rob? So, um, I've got three slightly different types of headline. Um, and we'll start with Paper Cuts' favourite, The Star, um, with a more traditional kind of headline that we like. This is a story about uh, comedian Peter Kay, who's performed three secret gigs to raise £80,000 for the theatre where he lost his job for falling asleep at work. (laughs) And the headline is, Peter's back, sack and crack. Crack spelt C-R-A-I-C. So it's he's back at the theatre that sacked him 
with some jokes. Crack. Great. Gosh, yep. that's complicated, isn't it? Is it is complicated, but I do I appreciate it. I appreciate the effort. Well done, everyone. Yes, that, yes okay. good effort. The other two headlines that I like I just like because they're just great big well, the, the next one is in male health, which is where mm-hmm. I go for all of my health advice. And that's M A I L as in daily male health, not yes. M A L E. Not 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 men's health. No, right, no. Yes. And the headline is My heart attacks were due to wearing a poorly fitted bra. <gasps> well, is, Rob, if you will go about wearing if I a poorly, fitting, a poorly bra. fitting bra, I should go to Rigby and Peller and get get one properly made. Ooh, very that's, fancy. <laughs> oh. I'm, to, I'm told that's I'm told that's where you go. Someone's <laughs> got some inside <laughs> knowledge. <Yes>. By my <laughs> la la. That's um, someone's uh, right. been googling <laughs> best bra manufacturer. <laughs> So other, very other bras are available. Bra I'm, manufacturer. I'm told. And the final story is a story where the headline is so good that I actually don't want to read the story. Okay. Um, it's from Radical. The, it's from the Telegraph because I just think that the, the, the headline is perfect. It's from Telegraph and it is shorter extras used on set of Titanic film to make ship look bigger. Oh. I mean, just just stop there. Who needs <laughs> visual effects? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will tell you. There. Oh, there's some beautiful moments. This anybody above five foot eight? We didn't cast them. It's like we got an extra million dollars of value out of casting. <laughs> Yay, <laughs> short people! Yeah, no, absolutely. This is I your love time. that story, right? <laughs> Fergus, what have you got for us? Uh, I've got the Sun. Uh, there's a story about a star from Elf, Elf the Musical, who sued after falling from a rotating ladder. He sued for £1.7 million. He's Elf on the Wealth. Oh, all right, yes. That's the headline. Uh, There's a story in the sport in the sun uh, about how Liverpool have superseded Manchester United uh, under Alex Ferguson, who, of course, were famous for Fergie time. Liverpool, Klopp's Liverpool have now scored even more goals in injury time than they did. And the headline is Kloppage Time. Oh, quite a, quite a good play yeah, on yeah. Ferguson. Yes, yeah. Cloppage yeah. time, very good. I understood uh, it. Me too, yeah. just about. It helped that Fergus explained it. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a rare appearance in uh, headlines for the Daily Mirror with, I would suggest possibly the headline of the day. Uh, apparently Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer was the most Googled film of the year and the headline is Click, Click, Boom. Very, oh, very good. good. Very good work. turn to the features sections, the soft centre in the middle of the papers. And Rob, we've got something in the Times. There's more swearing on telly than there used to be. Yeah, it's a fucking outrage. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm sorry, everyone. Not uh, more swearing so, on podcasts, right, Rob. But, um, a study of more than 60,000 TV shows and films revealed that the annual number of swear words they contain has rocketed from under 5,000 in 1985 to more than 60,000 last year, though that half of those were from the final episode of Succession. Mm. So, but yeah, no, I mean, it's not a, not astonishing to anyone who's been watching TV over the years that they have got more swearier. And there are also just more TV shows than there were in 1985. Probably, yes. There may be, yeah, been, there may the, be 12 uh, times as much as much film hours. Just words, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Succession is mentioned, which of course also got nine Golden Globe nominations. And uh, The Thick of It. Um, uh, and uh, who else have they got in here? Orange is the New Black and The Wire. There's an amazing episode of 
The Wire where the first 10 minutes is just the two actors saying fuck to each other as they, they investigate a, a crime scene. That's um, right, yeah. But, I mean, The Wire's not a new show, so this isn't a new phenomenon really, is it, Fergus? No, not at all. I've, there was recently, of course, there was Batshit, wasn't there? Batshit, which is apparently did, nobody was told off for saying that in the Commons because <laughs> they were all too surprised. Well, that, was brought, <laughs> that was brought in by James Cleverly via Yvette Cooper. Yeah. And we discovered that there was like a loophole where like, Ofcom has a list of words that you're not allowed to say. Yeah. And no one, it never occurred to anyone to put down the word batshit. So, well, well, hold on. Is there so batshit is one word? Because if there was a space in the middle, yeah, then, yeah. then yeah. one of those words isn't allowed. Yeah, you're it's not allowed word. to say bat. <laughs> right. Yes, that would be terrible. <laughs> it's a ridiculous loophole that all news presenters really enjoyed. Batshit, 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 batshit. <laughs> Because they were allowed to say. I'm always of the opinion that because the, the whole reason we don't have swear words on TV or we're not supposed to or we're supposed to frown on it is because of children, right? Yeah. But I'm always of the opinion they're just sounds. I think children should be allowed to swear. I think it's I really don't, funny when children swear. I don't understand <laughs> what the issue is. Like, they can't drink, they can't smoke. Let them swear. It's like really <laughs> stressful being a child. I, I'm obviously resisting this as a parent, and I. But I now you say it, I'm not sure why. But there's a lovely twist on this story in the uh, Sun. New Time Lord gets rollicking for swearing. Do uh, the new Doctor Who uh, Shuti Gatwa uh, got told off for uh, swearing while in costume because right. it's a children's show, and when you're on when you're in costume, even if you're not on as it were, being filmed. A, I suppose they're worried about people grabbing, you know, sort of a camera footage of him saying a rude word. Mm. And B, I think they, they just feel like, look, it's a children's show. You know, you should sort of respect that I'm just doing that. I'm, I'm ignoring. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. A producer is glaring at me. It's, it's a high-quality family show. Right. <laughs> just sure, to be clear. whatever. That's, um, it's I mean, I, for, for people it's of like, all ages. For right? people of all... Like Octonauts. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I mean, it's a terrific headline as well. Uh, Doctor Blue, it Doctor says. Blue. Doctor Blue at the top. But I, I actually think that's right. Respect the respect the show. Respect the characters. And in fact, actually, as a sort of somebody who watches quite a lot of television with my children, you you sort of don't want to have to endlessly explain words and concepts at ten o'clock. Well, they probably have to explain to you these days. Yes, well, it's quite possible. <laughs> Way around that. <laughs> if they didn't want the doctors to swear, I don't know why they cast Peter fucking Capaldi. <laughs> Now, we haven't heard from Sir Paul McCartney's ex-wife, Heather Mills, for a while, and most of us probably haven't been wailing and gnashing our teeth about that. But she is back in the papers this morning. Why, Fergus? Uh, yes, her vegan food empire, that I wasn't aware of, <laughs> has apparently gone out of business. Heather Mills, I'd completely forgotten about her. Do you remember she was sort of public enemy number one for a year or two, wasn't she? Mm. And hasn't been seen since, at least by me. But um, I've learned a lot about her just reading this piece. Apparently, I, she had she's had this vegan food business since 1993. So right, ages. So like before she met Paul McCartney. Also, oh, it's not just whose wife of was, of course, Linda Linda McCartney. Linda McCartney, the founder of the self-named Linda McCartney's Burgers. Yeah, the most famous, I would suggest, vegan food business. So it wasn't a copycat. It's more that maybe Sir Paul has a type. Yeah, a, t a very specific type. 
Is there a, is figure... there a dating app for <laughs> sort of for, for I'd, I'd like to meet somebody who runs a a, 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 a non meat a non meat food empire? I was completely unaware of that, but there is there are interesting things contained uh, within this story. I mean, Heather Mills is. Uh, pretty pissed off about it going out of business and is uh, complaining that the meat industry's propaganda has worked against her. But um, Big yeah, meat. Big meat, yeah. Well, to be fair, that is kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it says here, apparently since the pandemic, demand for plant-based food has slowed and several vegan food companies have collapsed. Which I was like completely unaware of i was in the sense that this this was something like that's growing year on year people yeah, are eating so less and less meat eating the vegan alternatives i i would have i would have i that if you had asked me i would have said certainly you know i mean in, in our house we're eating less meat than we used to but it, there's a another story in telegraph that says the average person in britain ate 136 pounds of meat in 2022 compared to 123 pounds in uh 2012 which uh, and that's what pounds in weight. They're going old school, not yes, pounds they in are, value. Yes, so, because yeah. uh, I mean, I'd understand if the price had just gone up. It's, <laughs> no, it's um, it, it's uh, yes, no pounds pounds in weight. Um, for some Imperial reason, weight doing, because the Telegraph. Yeah, um, I'm trying to work out what that is in uh, in the new money. But, <laughs> yes. um, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 but actually, uh, the um, one of our producers pointed out that, uh, of course. Vegetarian food, vegan food is generally a premium option. So if you're in McDonald's, you can get a cheeseburger for not much more than a quid. But the um, beyond, they're actually they're non-meat burger, which is lovely. It costs about four times that. Oh, so so yeah. the vegan food thing was like a dot com bubble. Well, the thirty year. I mean, I don't know. Uh, my, I think actually, the Times has got the real reason why um, Heather Mills's business went under. Um, she said her team had put blood, sweat, and tears into the business, and I mean that's just not <laughs> <laughs> not even if it's your own. I think I think it, it all has to be a plant based. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Rob Hutton. Thank you. And thanks to Fergus Craig. Thank you. By the way, Rob, uh, and a bit of an update. Has Rishi read your message yet? Has I he told it, you what he's going to do? No, it, it, not not clear whether he's still prime minister. It's received, but um, received. Yeah, maybe he's still in his emergency breakfast. I reckon he's got you I, on mute. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go and have an emergency breakfast now. <laughs> <laughs> if you like paper cuts, why not show the love at Christmas with fabulous merchandise from podmarket.co.uk, the online store for paper cuts and all our companion podcasts. We've got stylish paper cuts, hoodies, mugs and a special T-shirt that's different from the one you get in our supporters club. Plus, there are snazzy designs from Oh God, What Now, The Bunker, This Is Not A Drill and Origin Story too. Today is the last day to order, Tuesday the 12th of December. Get yourself over to podmarket.co.uk. That's podmarket.co.uk. And if you do want to join our supporters club, follow the show notes to back.papercutsshow.com to find out more. I've been Alex von Tunzelman and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when the star revealed people are having more sex to reduce their heating bills this winter. According to a survey, and one of those, six in ten people who joined a dating app did it to find a partner to keep warm rather than putting the radiators on. Do your duty, listeners. This is how bonking Britain will beat Putin. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Papercuts was written and presented by Alex von Tunzelman with Rob Hutton and Fergus Craig. The producer is Podmasters Group Editor Andrew Harrison with audio production from me, Robin Lieber. Socials by Jess Harpin and music by Simon Williams. Designs by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Top. 
Managing editor is Jacob Jarvis, executive producer Martin Boytosh, and Papercut is a Podmasters production.